Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh-oh. Here comes trouble. Hey, what's up? This is Tom Segura, and you're listening to Izzy Rock on the Tales from the Hard Side podcast. Hey, this is Brendan Walsh, and you're listening to Izzy Rock on Tales from the Hard Side. These are tales from the hard side, painted so vivid. Kicking real life stories, not woven or knitted. Izzy Rock brings that rawness to all who listen. Dropping heavy knowledge, knowledge, and sharing some wisdom. Going down that rough road only makes you tougher. It's a beautiful struggle, sometimes we suffer. Let the people know you aren't in this alone. This talk is deep, it cuts down to the bone. No fakeness here, this as real as it gets. Hazardous on the mic, kick it live and direct. Spread that vibe everywhere, all across the globe. The idea's real simple, there's no secret code. Reach out to the people, spread that positive energy. Cause we're all looking for a little bit of serenity. Whatever little part of this planet you live in. These tales from the hard side are now transmitting. Transmitting. What's up everybody? Welcome to this episode, this simulcast episode of the Gym City Podcast and the Tales from the Hard Side podcast. I am recording at Folio Design House at 411 East 5th Street in Dayton, Ohio, in the heart of the Oregon District. Please go to gymcitypodcast.com, go rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher, and go check us out on our social media, on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram, all under Gym City Podcast. You can follow me on social media at The Izzy Rock, and go to theizzyrock.com, and follow me on all forms of social media at the Izzy Rock. Today I'm here with the host and I think founder of the Uncommon Geek Podcast, Troy Copes. What's up, buddy? Not much, man. How you doing? Uh, get just a little bit closer. Sure. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so Troy is here. He's a local Dayton podcaster uh, that I've been meaning to have on for some time, and I'm I'm glad that we're finally able to make this happen. And um, go ahead and give social media, your websites, wherever people can find you in the podcast. Well, you can uh, find us at um, UncommonGeek.com. You can find us on Facebook by doing a search for Uncommon Geek. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We have a uh, Vine, even though I don't do anything with it. If you uh, if you just type in uncommon geek into Google, the first six pages will be every place that we that we are. Awesome. Let's talk about your origin story. Where are you ri- originally from? Well, I uh, grew up in New Carlisle, Ohio, which is maybe about forty minutes north of uh, Dayton. I lived there until I was about twenty three years old, and then I uh, ventured out on my own. Um, and I quickly discovered that, uh, moving into a city gave me allergies. Even, <laughs> even though I was raised in the country, I didn't get allergies until I moved into the city, which mm. is kind of backwards if you really think about it. So New Carlisle, New Carlisle, by the way, fun fact, I used to go there all the time to a place called the headquarters oh, yeah. to get all my music. So what 
podcasting. How did you discover podcasting? What was your first podcast you listened to? Probably the first podcast I ever listened to was the Charlie Tonic Hour. Okay. Um, they're they're kind of like a like a technology slash um, current events um, type of podcast with a uh, with a side of sexy. Yeah. Um, they also do like uh, alcohol reviews and whatnot. It was either that podcast or the Nerdist. I yeah. can't really remember which one came about first. My wife uh, listened to the Nerdist podcast a lot, and she's like, "Oh, this sounds like just you and your friend just talking." I was like, oh, okay, I think I'll give it a shot. And then I listened to one episode, and I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. But I got into podcasting myself because I wanted to do interviews on my website, which originally started out as a blog. The first interview I ever did was with one of my friends, uh, Donald Shackelford. It was an email form. I sent him a couple of uh, questions. He sent back answers, and I had follow-up questions. But because of a, um, a deadline that I set for myself... I wasn't able to ask him more questions. Mm -hmm. So really, uh, me doing podcasts came out of a mixture of necessity and laziness. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a recipe for a lot of podcasters. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, finding a subject that you're into and being able to d discuss it, you know, a lot, of people, a lot of people will ask me, like, what should I do? I want to start a podcast, but I don't know what to do. And I always just say, whatever you're into the most, mm -hmm. just do that. Now, w what's in a name? Like, uh, and how, how long have you been podcasting? I've been podcasting since maybe around August of 2013. Awesome. Um, our podcast originally started out as monthly. Yep. And then I brought on a co-host. And he said, well, we, I want to uh, reach a, a more broader audience, so let's do it every other week. I was like, okay, we can do it every other week. And then because I wanted to do a really big 100th episode celebration, uh, we decided to move to weekly. Yeah. So that way our celebration isn't in like February 2017 because no one would have, would have come out to uh, Dayton, Ohio in the middle of winter. Right. So our uh, 100th episode celebration is slated for uh, June 2016. You guys have some... You're planning something pretty big for that. Can you talk about it at all? Yeah, yeah. A lot of the plans aren't uh, solidified yet. But on uh, Saturday, June 18th, uh, 2016, uh, we were going to have a really big uh, celebration shindig at uh, the Yellow Cat building. Awesome. And we're planning on having um, some video game tournaments, um, some like drop-in games, um, I am planning on uh, having two musical guests, the world's only nerdcore reggae house DJ from Portland, Oregon, named Mr. Saturday, and um, a nerdcore hip-hop artist from uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, called Alpha Riff. I'm really hoping I can get both of them, but if I can only get one, then that'll be okay as well. And um, soon we'll be starting an um, Indiegogo campaign, which... I will be plastering and spamming all over the place, uh, but don't know when that will start yet. So things are coming together, yeah. and it's really kind of uh, exciting and scary that something that I'm building from the ground up is actually uh, taking shape. Because anyone who knows me knows that I have really large ideas and never really follow through with them. Yeah. So the fact that I've started something and haven't ended it is really big. Yeah, and I think... When people start doing podcasts, and I, I've said this many times, there's so many podcasts that start and they get like five episodes mm -hmm. and realize it's a lot of work. 
and it's a lot of something that they don't want to do. But I think if you if it's something that you're passionate about, and it really is an excuse to sit down and just have conversations with people about similar topics or things that you're into. I'm definitely a geek at heart. There's a lot of uh, geek culture that I love, but I don't go as deep as some people. Uh, some people, like, I can listen, and I'm like, how do you remember all that? <laughs> and for me, I, I guess I'm a casual fan about a lot of a lot of stuff, but not as hardcore as a lot of people. But so, so what's in a name? What's what was the idea behind the name? Well, the uh, the idea for the Uncommon Geek, uh, the name specifically, I originally had another blog called the Photo Geeks blog uh-huh. because at the time I was going to OIP and T, and I wanted to chronicle some of my more favorite uh, photo shoots that I did. But I also wanted it to be a little on the geek side. Yeah. So that particular blog was going away from the photography aspect and leaning more towards the geek side. So I decided to end that blog. But I wanted to have some I wanted to start something that would be special. Something that a lot of people would be able to relate to and not just uh me griping about something. Yeah. So for three days I tried to think of a name. Every time I thought of a name, I would go into Google, do a search, and the name would already be taken. So on the third night, um I was really upset because I couldn't think of anything. So I went to bed. About 20 minutes later, I sat up in bed, and I was like, Uncommon Geek. Oh, my God, this is so perfect. I like both Star Trek and Star Wars, and that's really uncommon. Oh, my God, oh, my God. So I turned my computer back on, and it took forever to boot up that night. And I typed into Google, and nothing came up. So I went to uh, GoDaddy, and I bought uh, two domains. I bought UncommonGeek.com and TheUncommonGeek.com. Yeah. And I just have uh, the Uncommon Geek forward to Uncommon Geek because if people type it in, I don't want them to type in three extra characters when they go to the website. So the origin of the name was to like Star Trek and Star Wars both equally as I do. At the time, was very uncommon. It um, was, yeah. But the more people who I interview and ask them the question, uh, which is, do you like Star Trek, Star Wars, or both, and why, I'm finding that more people like both. Yep. So instead of changing my name to Common Geek, I just decided to keep it as Uncommon Geek because everyone seems to like the name. It's a good name. Yeah, it definitely is a good name. Um, I think I was turned on by the podcast. I forget what lo- local person turned me on to it. I think it was maybe Dusty Pitstick, maybe. Mm, yeah. Of uh, the band Deuterus, the singer of the band Deuterus, uh, which we've had on the podcast before. And they're pretty much the only nerdcore punk rock band that I know of. Now, you, you talked about, I, wanna, I have other stuff I want to get into, but you talked about nerdcore music. Are you into a lot of nerdcore music? Yes. Yes, I am. Yeah, like, uh, talk about that a little bit. <laughs> like, it, what, what artists would you recommend people, and who were some of the first artists that you discovered? Uh, the first nerdcore artist I discovered was MC Front a lot. Yeah, um, I, that's probably a lot of people's first uh, nerdcore artist. No, wait, wait, I lied. Um, the first nerdcore artist I listened to was actually Mr. Saturday. Mr. Saturday. Um, he's the uh, nerdcore reggae house DJ okay, from Portland, yeah. Oregon. I was. In, it was 2007, and I discovered a lot of music in 2007. I don't know why, but I was on MySpace back in the day when MySpace was all the rage. <laughs> um, and I can't remember how I discovered him, but I found his MySpace music page. And the very first song that played was oh crap, what was it? 
It was that's right. It was his reggae song about um, Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. Okay, nice. <laughs> it was just totally awesome, and then that just kind of uh, overflowed into other things. My wife discovered MC Front a lot, uh, Jonathan Colton. Yeah. Uh, so I started listening to those as well, and then um, I got more into uh, chip tune music because okay. I was trying to find a really awesome intro music for my podcast. So I got more into that. Um, then I got more into uh, the nerdcore hip hop, yeah, um, which is really awesome. I'm not really all into a lot of hip hop music, but for some reason the nerdcore stuff just really sings to me. Yeah, well, I mean, it speaks to what you what you love. I know when I first started get, get, getting into nerdcore music, and a lot of nerdcore music is hip hop. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jonathan Colton is is one of those artists. He's not. He's a singer songwriter. In fact, I'll include a clip right here. Hey Tom, it's Bob from the office down the hall. It's good to see you, buddy. How have you been? Things have been okay for me, except that I'm a zombie now. I really wish you'd let us in. I think I speak for all of us when I say I understand. Why you folks might hesitate to submit to our demand But here's an FYI You're all gonna die screaming All we wanna do is eat your brains We're not unreasonable I mean, no one's gonna eat your eyes So uh, he he has a song about brains. It's a great mm-hmm. like tune to listen to. But um, I discovered nerdcore music through my friends from the Mediocre Show, who would talk about uh, Kabuto the Python. Yo, Brian, what is it all about? Is, is it good or is it what? Yo, yo, science. <laughs> Good news. 
news, but not a cure for cancer. No conspiracy, just press releases trying to get some funding. Are you feeling me? And pandas or bears, Yellowstone ain't gonna blow. And if a shark attacks, you punch it in the gills and not the nose. Yo, science, what is it all about? Is it good or is it one? Yo, yo, talk about um, uh, Scrub Club Records, which was against selling their music, and they put all their music online. There was a guy named Matt Hatter. They did a whole thing down in Orlando where they did a show. There was a, a guy, uh, what was his name? Um, damn it. See, I didn't think we were going to talk about Nerdcore. <laughs> I would have I prepared for it. But yeah, there, w- there was a lot of artists that I, that I listened to, a lot of artists I have in my iTunes library. And yeah, definitely. There's there's documentaries. If you go, want to go see a good documentary, uh, Nerdcore Rising is a, is a good documentary yep. for people to go check out. Um, but MC Frontalot is probably one of one of my favorite artists from that genre. Now, as a self proclaimed geek, and we all have those memories of what came, what drew us into what we're into. And I think when you talk about a geek, like you could talk about people who are into fantasy football sports. You're a geek if you're into fantasy football. Um, you could talk about people who are in, just in whatever thing that you're into, you can geek out on it. And I think for a lot of us, movies, TV shows, cartoons, books, and video games encompass, like we can find things that we're into from all of those. And I want to go through some of my first memories and some of your first memories as a geek with those subjects. Uh, and let's start out with, with movies. What was the first movie that you would say that kind of sparked your geekdom into comic book movies or Star, <laughs> Star Wars, Star Trek, anything like that? Well, the very first movie I ever have a memory of seeing is uh, Return of the Jedi opening day in 1983. Awesome. I was a year and a half old, but I still count it. Um, I have very vivid memories of 
the scene where Luke Skywalker is on Jabba's sail barge and his robotic hand gets shot. And then he turns around and dispatches the person who shot him. And then I remember falling asleep. Then I remember waking up to the scene of the uh, above the Battle of Endor where all the TIE fighters and TIE interceptors are flying at the uh, Millennium Falcon and they're breaking formation. And then I fell asleep. And then, uh, <laughs> then I remember uh, my, my uh, father carrying me out of the movie theater um, after the movie. And we went to see it in Springfield, Ohio at a uh, movie theater that uh, is no longer in existence. Yeah, which, what was it? For, for local people, you don't remember? I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, but I would say the movie that defined me as a geek was probably Tron. The nice. original 1982 Tron, which I saw on a uh, free preview of the Disney Channel in 1984. Yeah. And that was also the very first arcade game I ever played. Nice. In 1984, ironically enough. Now, did you like, uh, did you like the uh, reboot of Tron? All Tron Legacy? Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. It really wasn't a reboot in so much that it was a uh, continuation yes. of the original. Sure. Um, but I'm kind of upset that um, it completely um, redacted the computer game Tron 2.0, yeah. which in my opinion was a, was a better sequel to the original movie. But I still love Tron Legacy all the same. Yeah, it's it, it looks great. And I think the soundtrack by Daft Punk is oh, uh, it's fantastic. My fa- my movie that got me started wa- was in 1978, um, Superman. And I didn't see, in fact, I didn't go to the movies. I think the first movie I went to was Ghostbusters <laughs> uh, in 84. We, we didn't go to a whole lot of movies back then, but movies would come on HBO or Showtime or Cinemax. I, somehow we would watch them through cable. And I remember the Superman movie as a child changed my life. Mm-hmm. Like, I became such a huge Superman fan. And because during that time, you had a lot of the um, Super Friends, you had Spider-Man and all that stuff going on. And they had, I would collect Mego toys. That was the one thing I could get at least once a month, a a new Mego toy. And it was pretty amazing to collect those. But uh, as far as TV shows, let's, let's talk about TV shows. Because TV... Especially now, I think right now is probably the golden age of geek yeah, TV. Definitely. What was what were you into? Uh, what was the first TV show that I ever remember seeing? No, that you really oh, that, geeked out on. Oh wow! Um, it would probably either be the original Transformers or um, now. Hold on, I have not cartoon. I, Live action, oh, live TV. action. TV. Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I should have. I should have cleared that up. <laughs> oh wow. Um. Probably Knight Rider. Nice. Yeah, Knight Rider. Um. I remember taking our uh, our wagon and uh, trying to paint it with sharpies to look like uh, Kit from Knight Rider. Yeah, buddy. I would. I would say that would be the very first show that I ever truly geeked out on. Yeah, Knight Rider was a good one. Um. And as I was writing these questions and thinking about them. The, these always bring back great memories because mm-hmm. even even if you had a, a crappy childhood, which a lot of my childhood wasn't that fun, my escapism was through TV, comic books, movies, video games. Um, the Amazing Spider-Man <laughs> from 77 to 79 is not a good TV show. But as a child during that time, I loved it. And you can go on YouTube and watch some clips from that. Um, so it was either it was between that and the nineteen between nineteen seventy eight and eighty two 
The Incredible Hawk with Lou oh, Ferrigno and, and uh, Bill Brixby. Yeah, and Bill Brixby. Yeah, those those shows for me really played a role in just loving where I am now. Which mm-hmm. I, now I go see every comic book movie that comes out, <laughs> except the last Fantastic Four. I refuse to go see that in the theater. And we'll t- we'll talk about some of the movies currently today later on. But cartoon. So let's let's talk about cartoon. What was the cartoon that? <laughs> really pulled you in um well as i uh um mistakenly said earlier <laughs> um probably the original transformers or voltron yeah so, oh, so good so good yeah that era when transformers voltron robotech um gi joe like as a kid and you didn't have too many options back then Mm-mm. Those those were just fantastic. And going back and watching now, them now is I was gonna painful. It's painful, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I, I have friends that just they they think that they're one of the greatest. I'm, I go back and I'm watching them. Like this is not good. <laughs> this is not, it was yeah. good then, not good now. Now my the TV show that really got me hooked on a lot of stuff was Super Friends, and it was on from two from 1973 to 2011, and I just remember just loving that, especially collecting the Mego toys, and it was my escape. And it was it was real campy, mm-hmm. probably not very good when it came out, but you know. And all the male superheroes pretty much had the exact same voice actor doing they did. them. <laughs> they did, didn't they? Now, book a lot of uh, a lot of geeks get into books or comic books. Uh, what were you into? That's kind of a tricky question because. Um, not a lot of people know this. I was um, illiterate up until the third grade. Wow. So really? I didn't really do a lot of reading. Uh-huh. It was more of uh, looking at pictures than anything sure. else. And then I didn't find out until a couple years ago that um, my illiteracy as a child probably was my uh, dyslexia manifesting itself early. Uh, but I took an accelerated reading course and everything else in school. And the first book I remember reading cover to cover was the complete works of William Shakespeare. Mm. And then the second one was complete works of Edgar Allan Poe. Um, but I would say the book series that I absolutely fell in love with maybe about 10 years ago was the black jewels trilogy by Anne Bishop. Yeah. Um, it's not really science fiction, but it's more fantasy. In this world, there's two types of people. There are the blood who can use magic and the Landons who cannot use magic. Uh-huh. There's like maybe about seven or eight main characters that the that the book series follow. Yeah. Um, and I probably read the that entire book series about two or three times. Wow, man. What but, about comic books? Oh, comic books. Green Lantern all the way. Green Lantern. What'd you think about the the last the movie with uh, uh, Ryan uh, Ryan Reynolds? Ryan Reynolds. Um, he did a really, a really, really good Hal Jordan. Yep. Because Hal Jordan is kind of like a playboy type of person, rather arrogant. Um, but the execution of the movie could have been done a hell of a lot better. Most definitely. Sorry, I didn't know if I could. No, say yeah, that word this on is here. totally explicit. You can say yeah. whatever you want on here. Frack the Frilling Smeggers. <laughs> <laughs> so I think, I think when I think think about books, a lot of, a lot of books. I wasn't really into reading a lot of books back in the day. And sometime, I think 99 or 2000, I think it was 2000, and my grandmother passed away in Florida, and I knew that I wanted to start getting into books. And I, uh, my son was one years old at the time, and I thought, 
why not pick up this Harry Potter book I've been hearing about? Because I figure kids are going to be into that. Mm-hmm. He's going to be into that. And I read it cover to cover. And for each consecutive book that came out, I, was, I would go to the, law, the library for the parties that they would have, and I would just tear through those books. And to this, to this day, it's some of the most joy I ever had was reading those books as an adult. As far as comic books, I, I was really into Spider-Man and Batman and S- Superman, but I think as far as comics go, it was definitely more of uh, Spider-Man and, and, and Batman were the two that really spoke to me as a, as a fan. And then later on, X-Men. And then I started getting into some of the darker uh, comic books like Spawn, and Spawn a lot of was what, awesome. Yeah, Spawn, Spawn was amazing. A lot was, of what Image Comics, when Image Comics came out, I, I would go and I had a hold and I would get, I would, every Wednesday I think it was, I would always go and get comics and then somehow I just, I just stopped buying them because if you are into comics, there are so many to buy mm-hmm. that you can really put a lot of money into. So I have a lot of comics at home, but I haven't, I haven't actively bought any for a while and uh, graphic novels. I, I started getting into graphic novels a, a, a while ago in the Dayton Metro Library. For listeners out there, if you can't afford to go buy comics, if you can reserve through the Dayton Metro Libraries or whatever library you are uh, going to around the country, you can go reserve certain graphic novels. So that's a good way to keep up on a lot of comics if, you, uh, if you're on a budget. Now, Video games. I know you're a huge video game <laughs> guy, and I am as well. What was the video game, the first one that really got you? The original Legend of Zelda nice. for the NES. Um, it took me four and a half years to beat that damn game. Um, I remember, well, it, was, it took me six months to get to uh, level nine Death Mountain, mm-hmm. and then four years of almost nonstop playing to beat that damn level. Wow. I, every single, like every summer, every summer vacation, um, every time the one I refused to do my homework, I would be playing The Legend of Zelda because I wanted to beat it. Mm-hmm. And I got it down now to where I can beat it within six months. Yep. I still cannot find the red ring in Death Mountain. So you still play it quite a bit? Um, whenever my Nintendo's working. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Because I still have my original Nintendo and it is on its last leg and I just refuse to. Um, replace the pin set in it because i want here's an embarrassing idea that i want to do i want to uh go to a convention where will wheaton is at yep. and have him autograph my original nintendo and proudly say this still has all the original components and it still works sometimes please autograph it <laughs> very nice uh, any particular reason why in one of his books i can't remember what which book it is i think it was um Oh, I can't remember which one it is. Um, in that book, uh, he tells a story about uh, how he how he discovered the Nintendo Entertainment System, and how um, he told his uh, he told his brother that um, it's the most com- it's the most powerful computer system ever made, and nothing will ever be as powerful <laughs> as it. So I want to be like, can you please autograph my most powerful computer of all time, That's and amazing. see if he remembers uh, that part from his book. <laughs> That's awesome. Now. Uh, I'm sure that you're like a lot of other uh, video game fans that you have had many systems. Yes. So let's go through the systems that you you've had over the years, and uh, 
I'll, I'll let people know the video game I, I was into way back in the day, and then I'll do the same. Uh, so go, go ahead and uh, let's go through the systems that you've collected. Oh, well, um, the very first video game I ever played was Pitfall on the Atari 2600. Yeah. Um, and I have since procured an Atari 2600. Um, but growing up, I had just a Nintendo, Super Nintendo, uh, Game Boy, the original Game Boy. And then as an adult, it was uh, Sega Genesis, PS1, PS2, PS3, Xbox 360, my computer, which I recently upgraded to be able to play games. So I've kind of forsaken my consoles for uh, for PC gaming. So you're joining the PC Master Race? <laughs> I have. <laughs> Unfortunately, my frame rates aren't that high. Yeah. But my temperatures are, so I guess that's good. <laughs> well, it's really not all that good. But my original goal was to collect every single game system ever made. And then watching the Angry Video Game Nerd, I quickly realized that that's a um, foolhardy quest because I will never have enough room for all the video game systems I want. Right. Yeah, it does take up a lot of space with all that hardware. So my the first video game, I mean, I, I was way back in the day with the Atari 2600. I used to go play video games at the arcade. There was a few arcades around the Dayton area, and I used to love to go to them. But the when I first saw the Atari 2600 and I saw Asteroids and Pitfall and um, even E.T., which wasn't a, <laughs> wasn't a good game at all. At the time, you didn't know what was good because this was all that you had. And I spent hours and hours breaking mini joysticks playing those games. Um, and then the NES, Super Mario Brothers, mm-hmm. for a lot of people... They could only get one or two games a year. I was one of those people, and I remember just the amount of hours that you you would spend playing Super Mario Brothers brought me so much joy. Since then, I've collected the NES, uh, the Atari, uh, uh, Super Nintendo. I remember trading a car for Super Nintendo, and Super Nintendo uh, GoldenEye, which is one of the, f- the greatest shooters of all time. Oh, it was that... Um it was for the, the Nintendo 64 GoldenEye. Nintendo 64. Damn it. Sorry. Damn it. I was like, should I correct N- him? No, you know? definitely should correct me because I'm, <laughs> I'm wrong about a lot of info. Um, yeah, this, the, the podcasting is just my hobby. and My hobbies include also geek stuff. So if I ever make a mistake, guys, just understand I am not a professional. No matter how many episodes I put out, this is just a hobby of mine. So definitely correct me. So I, I've had, then I had the, I had a Wii, I had... Xbox, Xbox 360, Xbox One. Uh, I had the uh, PlayStation One, PlayStation Two, and then I never crossed over to PlayStation Three or Four. Even though I pre- appreciate them, uh, I didn't have the money to buy both uh, both systems. But currently, currently, I don't play as many video games as I would I would like. I think the amount of time that I've invested in podcasting has taken away my time playing video games, but. A lot of video games that I played, I will get into one like Assassin's Creed. I got into that a lot this year. Invested some time in that games like Skyrim, and I, my household is currently super excited for Fallout Four. <laughs> the The last question I have before we get into like the best of 2015 and kind of your projection of the upcoming holiday season, the one thing to rule them all. Some people. Have their Lord of the Rings is their thing. Some people it's Star Wars. Some people it's Back to the Future. Just like we we just had Back to the Future days recently. 
what is the one thing that you are like, this is my favorite above all? And that's a very tough question. I understand. Wow. Um, well, like with most people, um, sometimes I get back into things. Yes. I'm like, oh my God, this is the best thing ever. And then something else comes along. I'm like, no, this is the best thing ever. Man, I probably the one constant of, uh, of my, uh, my geek life is probably Tron. Tron, nice. You're yeah. the, you're the first person that I've ever met that that's their, that's their thing <laughs> that they're really into. Now, is what, why, why, why is that your thing? I honestly don't know. <laughs> I think it's because um, for for people of my generation, yeah. the Nintendo generation, I guess you could call us, um, the only thing that we wanted to do was make video games more immersive. Yep. And the, just the um, romanticizing, being able to get sucked into the computer world and play video games on that side of the screen, to me, was always very fascinating. Sure. And I think also it was the very first movie that showed us what a, C- a purely CGI camera can do. Mm. And um, Tron at the time was, um, I can't remember who told me, but uh, Tron was not, a, was like, was not, um, well, their nomination for like awards and whatnot were pulled because at the time, people thought that using CGI was cheating as far as like uh, cinematography goes. I remember that. And now it's like everything is like 80, 90% CGI filmed in front of green screens. Yep. So not only does it, um, is it like the greatest adventure in science fiction history, in my opinion, um, even though Star Wars is a very close second, it was the first time that, like I said, it showed us what CGI can do. Without Tron, we would not have Toy Story. We would not have Finding Nemo. Uh, we would not have the Avengers uh, movies as we know them now. So everything after Tron really owes a really big thank you to Tron. Just like um, Star Wars would not have been as big if Star Trek didn't lay the foundation for um, things being in space. Mm-hmm. Even though I know that there was a lot of other things that came along, but George Lucas said that uh, Star Wars would not be as big unless Star Trek did its thing. Nice. nice. So it's kind of like, yeah, it's it's awesome. It's cool. <laughs> Light cycles and all that. It is, man. Uh I think when I when I think of the thing that really pulls pulls at my heartstrings as far as things that I love and even things that have made me tear up watching them is is the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. I think seeing what they've laid out, and not all the movies have been great, but seeing what they've laid out as far as uh, how things look, the tone of everything, I get so excited when mm-hmm. a new trailer comes out, when I, a new movie comes out. And it's not like, I, I don't get that with like the X-Men movies. I don't get get it with that way. Sometimes, because like Days Fox, of Future Past, Fox doesn't really know what they want to do with yeah. it. It's like they keep changing the story. It's like, okay, let's have uh, Professor X lose his ability to walk in his uh, early to mid-20s, even though it was already established in the original X-Men trilogy that he was walking well into his 60s and 70s. Mm. Yeah. So, best of 2015, I think, when we look at where we are now, and if you're a geek... You, you no longer are that weird dude by yourself in the break room 
in the lunchroom at school in class. I think geekdom has crossed, I think mainly because of guys our age getting older and getting jobs where mm-hmm. they have the power to go, we're going to make these kind of movies. We're going to make these kind of TV shows. Uh, Supergirl is one of the highest TV shows right now. I haven't seen, I've only got to catch a little bit of an episode. The movies that are being made, Marvel movies are making so much money. Star Wars is about to kick off for their whole new next run. And I think, you know, some people can criticize what Disney does, but Disney has deep pockets and they, I think they're going to really provide a lot of great content in the next few years. So, Best of 2015 so far for you has been like wh- what you, has been some of your favorite memories, and it could be from all those things that we talked about: <laughs> TV shows, movies. Um, well, you mentioned Supergirl, um, the early leaking of the Supergirl pilot. I admit I uh, procured the internet's one legal digital copy, wink, wink, <laughs> to uh, to watch it early, and it made me cry. Um, the newest season of The Flash yeah. is completely phenomenal. They're uh, they're tying in a lot of things. I've already been established in the comic books. Um, even though I have a friend who doesn't like how much of the New 52 stuff they're putting into it. But I would have to say the two biggest memories that I have as far as being a geek goes for 2015 is not only Back to the Future Day, which was totally awesome. Um, we recorded, or the Uncommon Geek Podcast recorded a three-part uh, Back to the Future Geek Out. Um, so that was really awesome. Yeah. But the only awesome pie day of our lives on um, March 14th, um, like it, I now know that pie is 3.14159265.3 because I celebrated it twice this year. <laughs> Both AM and PM, and uh, that was a really fun party. Uh, went over to a couple's a friend or a couple friends' house. We had a lot of pie, so it was uh, that was awesome. That is awesome. Uh, what what about uh, let's let's see t- t- any TV besides like Supergirl? Was there any uh, TV shows uh, this fall that you've been checking out that you that you dig? Don't really watch a whole lot of TV, right? right. Um, Are you a Walking Dead fan? I'm not really too into zombies. I'm no. like one of the rare geeks that really don't geek out about zombies. Yeah. My wife loves The Walking Dead, even though we don't have cable. Um, she's been watching on Netflix, trying to get caught up. But I mean, I know a lot of people really like The Walking Dead. I just can't really get into it. Yeah. I mean, for me, um, uh, the original Night of the Living Dead was really cool. Uh, Fido and it was a really awesome uh, movie. Um, Shaun of the Dead was uh, was really fun but beyond like the the comical stuff i really can't get into zombies yeah i i i i can feel you i can feel you daredevil on netflix did you like it <laughs> it was slow starting out but around episode six episode seven it really it really started picking up yeah um i think netflix is a really awesome uh platform for the more uh darker series like Daredevil, it's they're tying it into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which I think is really awesome. Yeah, um, DC really needs to get on the ball to connect like their cinematic universe with their television series. And if they could really, really, really make their movies as good as their television series, that would be totally awesome. Yeah, because uh, DC does better television series than Marvel. Marvel does better movies than DC. I guess what I'm trying to say is Constantine, Firefly, 
those need to uh, come out to be a Netflix original series because we want them back. Yeah. We really, especially Firefly. Yeah. We need a season two of Firefly. So you're a big Firefly guy? I got into it late, uh, but yes. Yeah. Nice, man. <laughs> now, do you, um, the, a couple of the shows that I really enjoyed from this year, a couple, couple of the movies that I really enjoyed from the, from this year were um, Mad Max. Mm-hmm. Were you into the Mad Max? Movie Mad Max was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Mad Max Fury Road this year was definitely one of my all time favorite movies. When I saw it in the theaters, I was like, okay, if they can do this, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm in for for however long they're planning on doing it. Did you like uh, Ant Man? Oh, Ant Man, yes. Um, Ant Man is probably the best Marvel movie of all time. Wow, that's a, that's it's, a bold statement. Oh, it, I I didn't really get into Ant-Man as far as the comic books. I didn't either. Um, but it brought the comedy from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy uh, to Earth. Yeah. And they, that movie just did everything right. Yeah. What, it, Guardians? Oh, uh, or a- Ant-Man? Ant-Man. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy was really awesome as well. But it, I would say my favorite um, Marvel movie of this year was definitely Ant-Man. Yeah. When, I loved Ant-Man. Um, and I think... Second Avengers movie was was pretty good. There, it wasn't as good as some of the other movies that they had. And I, it, maybe it's because they had too many characters to have to deal with. But it seemed a little rushed. It did. It did very much so. Um, I really enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy, though. That probably is my favorite Marvel movie out of, out of all of them. Even though the first Avengers, uh, it's not a perfect movie, but when I watch it. I definitely got chills seeing those characters come together. <laughs> I think maybe my favorite movie out of those were probably the Captain America Winter Soldier. It was so good. So good. And I can't wait to see Spider-Man uh, in, in the series. But upcoming, let's talk about this holiday season because this is probably going to come around, come out around sometime in December. We can... Um, we can see that Star Wars is probably going to be king of all. Yeah. Is there anything else besides Star Wars? And, and talk a little bit about Star Wars and what you think of it. Well, um, my first reaction to uh, Star Wars Episode Seven was uh, fear and terror. Yeah. Because J.J. Abrams completely ruined Star Trek. Wow, really? <laughs> well, Expand on that. The more I talk to people about um, their impressions of Star Trek 2009, they're like, yeah, it, it was really good. I really liked what they did with it because it brought Star Trek back into the mainstream. And the more people I talk to about it, the more I'm like, yeah, I can, I can see your point. But for me, the reboot of Star Trek wasn't Star Trek as I grew up yes. uh, remembering it. I'm The Next Generation is my original series. So... I have very specific parameters about what Star Trek is. Absolutely, yeah. Um, so because of what he did with Star Trek, I grew fearful when he was the when he was named as a director for Star Wars, mm-hmm. even though he's a self-proclaimed uh, Star Wars fanboy. Yep. So I was like, okay, I'll give it a shot. And then the teaser trailer came out, and I was like, we were promised 80% practical effects. So what <laughs> the hell is up with all this CGI bullcrap? Yep. And then I wrote a very bad review about that trailer. And that, it was like, okay, the number one thing that really annoyed me was the, um, the deflector dish on the Millennium Falcon. Because in the original, it was round. And now it's like a rectangle. <laughs> and people had to calm, sit me down. I was like, Troy, calm down. 
remember in Return of the Jedi where the deflector gish got broken off in the middle in the, inside of the Death Star. I was like, yeah, you're right. They better explain it. <laughs> it's like there's things you don't mess with. You don't mess with the Enterprise unless it's like a new class of starship and you yep. don't mess with the Millennium Falcon. Yep. So I was like, okay, yeah, maybe I'm a little too uppity about this. And then I saw a uh, behind-the-scenes thing that was released for uh, or at um, San Diego Comic-Con where it showed us that, yes, the movie is 80% practical effects, hardly any green screen at all. And I started tearing up because I was like, oh, my God, this he's doing it right. Yeah, It's like BB-8, even though BB-8 really annoys me because he's all over the place. I think it's really awesome that he was a real droid. Yeah. You know, like R2-D2. Yeah. He's a real droid. Yeah. So I'm I'm getting more excited about it. Yeah. And I don't understand the whole Boycott Star Wars Episode Seven thing. Yeah. Just because of Finn. I think it's... It, didn't that start out as trolling? And it got... It took... A, it steamrolled into real people really taking it seriously? Yeah. yeah. Something like that. It's like, well, no. It's, it's stupid because... You loved Linda Carissian as a kid. Yep. Why get so uppity about another African-American lead role? Yeah. And I recently found out that George Lucas's wife is yeah. African-American. Yeah. So it's like, I don't understand it. Yeah, I think, I think, I think a lot of that is kind of manufactured angst from people that it, it doesn't actually, uh, you know, the, our society right now is so up in arms about everything that I think, Oftentimes we don't know who who is behind that keyboard. You don't know like what the mental state of that person. Like, yeah. sh- should we actually <laughs> listen to their opinion about it? But but I'm um, getting back to the question. Um, yeah, I'm, Star Wars is going to be like the uh, the big thing um, this holiday season. I know that um, the Warcraft movie was originally supposed to come out this year, but I read that they. Uh, moved it so that way they wouldn't be overshadowed by Star Wars. Mm. So it's coming down in 2017 rather than the original date of 2016. Yeah. Which I think is a very smart move. Very smart move. Um, is, was there any other movies that you, you were looking for? Um, well, going into next year, I'm really excited about Deadpool. Oh, yeah. I'm not, I don't know really a whole lot about Deadpool. I just remember that after uh, the Wolverine movie, Deadpool kind of took over uh, social media. So I was like, what the hell is this Deadpool guy? And then I started looking more into him. And I'm like, there's no way this can be a real character. There's no way that he's actually saying these things. And then I started looking into it. And I'm like, wow. He is. He knows he's in a comic book. He knows that he has a really big fan base. And I think Ryan Reynolds is going to do a phenomenal job. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. It looks great. Were you, were you into Kick-Ass at all? I have not seen that movie yet. What? <laughs> you haven't seen Kick-Ass? That's the reaction I get from everyone. I'm yeah. I'm like about 15 years behind on my movies. I feel you. I just recently, um, just joking, I just recently watched Metropolis for the first time, and that came out in the 20s. <laughs> yeah, Kick-Ass, if, if you're a comic book fan out there, if you like those kind of movies, it is ultra-violent, but it's so good. Um, are you a Quentin Tarantino fan? Yeah, I, I wouldn't turn off one of his movies if there's nothing else to watch. Yeah, yeah. Quentin Tarantino going back from Reservoir Dogs, 
was has always been one of my favorite directors, and he's got a movie coming out on Christmas called The Hateful Eight um, about uh, post-Civil War Wyoming uh, bounty hunters that are trying to find shelter in a blizzard. And I, I like for me, I have loved every single one of his movies, and I understand why a lot of people don't. But man, I that is that is the movie besides Star Wars that I'm looking for forward to coming up this uh, upcoming um holiday season now um is there any cartoons right now that you that you like i know for me i i've been checking out um oh damn how did it slip it's on adult swim uh rick and morty Mm. rick and morty for me is one of the most hilarious cartoons i've ever seen right i've heard good things about it simpsons or without family guy or something like that it just cuts deep as far as like knowledge and and sarcasm uh any cartoons you're checking out um well right now on netflix uh the wife and i are binge watching phineas and ferb yeah yeah (laughs) we get the song stuck in our heads very easily um i'm waiting for the next season of archer to come out right um but as far as like anything that's on TV right now, not so much. No. Uh, are you into the Pixar movies? Ah, uh, I don't. Wow. Uh, for some reason, I don't know how to answer that. Um, I am. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're those kind of movies are are ones that I think besides Cars two, uh, which wasn't universally a lot of people didn't like. Kids loved, and they, uh, Pixar made a lot of money off of. Uh, kids enjoying those movies but i think pixar has really nailed movies for kids and adults mm-hmm. um and I, l- I love to go see those kind of movies i have yet to see wally i've heard nothing but good things about really? it wally is really good yeah you uh, have a, you have a lot of homework to do troy i know people <laughs> at conventions um people are amazed when they're like oh have you checked out this i'm like i haven't seen that yet yeah and they're like oh what yeah, what's really what really gets people is when I haven't heard of something. Yeah, right. Well, it's it's kind of hard right now in the in the age that we live in because there's so much content out there. There is it. It's it's a good time and a challenging time to be a geek. Very challenging. Yeah, there. Whatever you're into, you can with YouTube videos. You can really geek out and find a community of people that are into what you're into. Um, I was never into Dragon Ball Z. But currently, my 16-year-old son has been just burning through a lot of Dragon Ball Z, and through him, I'm I'm finding like what what is this mm-hmm. about? I was a huge Dragon Ball fan in high school. Nice. Like for for me, I'm kind of uh, jaded with on Dragon Ball. Yeah. Because I started watching it in uh, middle school when it came on on uh, Fox 45 in the in the mornings at like seven o'clock. So it's been around that long. It has been around for probably mid eighties. What? Um, yeah. <laughs> in America, it originally came over here because of uh, Saban Studios um, had the licensing rights for it at the time, uh-huh. and they used a, uh, a a voice acting company based in Canada called the Ocean Group. The Ocean Group kind of did the uh, the Japanese mindset of trying to match the the sound of the voice with the character. So when Saban had it, all the character voices were were like completely awesome, and then um, they 
and then Saban uh, stopped doing Dragon Ball Z in the middle of the Namek saga, um, specifically the episode where Goku was going to start his fight with Berter and Jace from the Ginyu Force. I don't know how I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and so that episode came up, and then this started off in the back in the beginning of Dragon Ball Z. So Funimation was like, we can make money on this. Yep. So what Funimation did was they really didn't hire a lot of professional voice actors to do anything. Um, what they did was they took people from their accounting department and other various departments who wanted to do voice acting work and used them to do a lot of their voice work. And it really did not fit at all. So what they did was they went back and redubbed all the past episodes wow. to make them consistent, kind of like what George Lucas is trying to do with episodes one, two, and three. Yeah, which caused a lot of fans to revolt. <laughs> yeah, but in another thing is, without Tron, we wouldn't have Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, but I don't hold that against the Tron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm I'm one of the rare people that actually enjoyed the the Star Wars prequels. Um. For what they were, I understand why a lot of people didn't like them, but I'm just like, I love Star Wars, but I'm not that huge of a Star Wars geek that I was like, I hate this. Uh, it didn't, it didn't bother. I like the Ewoks. A lot of people didn't like the Ewoks. Uh, the Ewoks. I love so, the Ewoks. A lot, you know, a lot of things that people get upset about, I, I tend not to get upset mainly because I don't, I'm not that. Like I don't really dig in that much, and a lot of people do. And I, you know, I don't, I don't hold anything against them for doing that. I'm just, I'm just able to uh, not be to watch something and enjoy it, and not be so upset yeah. about it. For me, I think it's because um, it was so ingrained into my childhood yep. that. Well, I've I've gotten a lot better now. Um, I'm calming down in my old age. <laughs> um, I've. It just it hit me last night as I was falling asleep. I'm going to be 35 next year. Yeah. Um. So I'm. I'm how's that? How's that feel? By the way, I'm surprised I've lasted this long because I had a very, um, like a very like daredevil type of childhood. <laughs> yeah. Any any cool stories from it? Um. Well, I fell out of trees a lot. Nice. <laughs> um. I. Uh, um. Trying to ride a bike with a, while wearing roller skates was stupid. Um, I tried to, uh, flip over this one gate one time and like doing like a stupid Ninja Turtle move yeah. where it's like, I would grab onto it and try to like flip my body over my head got caught in between like metal bars and kind of like pulled a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so that, uh, that hurt. Um, and also growing up, if I got hurt really badly, I would just start laughing my ass off. Wow. So my parents would always freak out if I start laughing after getting hurt. Because they knew it was serious. <laughs> yeah. And that still happens to this day. I I hurt myself and I start laughing and my wife is like, do I need to call 911 or are you okay? So, <laughs> um, but, uh, but like Star, the, the, the new Star Wars trilogy, episodes one, two, and three. Yeah, I hated them. I, yeah. I really did. But going back and uh, rewatching them to write reviews, which I'm way behind on, um, they weren't as bad as what I remember them. Sure. I think the main thing that really sucked about them is that George Lucas was the director for all three of them. Yes. Because if you if you look at A New Hope, 
Yeah. George Lucas was a director. If you look at that particular movie next to Empire and Jedi, it is so boring. Yeah. And I mean, granted, it's the first and it shall remain timeless. It'll, one of my favorite Star Wars movies. But Irvin Kirshner did an absolute beautiful job in Empire Strikes Back. I can't remember who directed Return of the Jedi, even though it's my favorite Star Wars film of all time. But if George Lucas wasn't the director, the um, the prequel trilogy would have been a lot better. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. I uh, he, you know the, I think Empire Strike. I, I watched Empire Strikes Back recently, and it is it's a great movie. It is. It, it really is such is. a great movie. And I think that you're right. I think if he would have had different directors direct the the prequels, we would have had a totally different Star Wars, and many fans wouldn't be as upset. And even though J.J. Abrams, just like you touched on earlier, has not been perfect with some of the projects that he's he's touched, I watched a fan made trailer of all the TV spots that have been released that somebody put together on Vimeo. And I got chills, and I, a tear came down because it looks great. Mm-hmm. And you could see there's this storyline behind it. And there, there's one thing about a lot of J.J. Abrams' movies is that like, I enjoy a lot of the characters in them. And I think that if, if he's able to have great, great effects and also have great storytelling, I think that he will, like a lot of Star Wars fans will forget yeah, as much as possible, <laughs> the the three prequels and be able to carry on. I mean, you see Han in there, you see Chewbacca, uh, you see Leia. It r- really brings a lot of the old school fans who remembered those those people into today. And you, with the modern technology, oh my goodness, I am so excited to see what we have coming the next you know however many years that Disney's planning mm-hmm. on cranking out star wars movies which it seems like forever yeah they have the the three main movies and then uh three spin-off uh movies that they're planning they're already uh planning uh they're already doing casting for the uh, han solo like the younger years um the uh i can't remember the actor's name but uh the guy from breaking bad um not Brian Cranston, but uh, but the other guy, the, the oh, younger drug yeah, dealer yeah. guy. Um, they're looking at him to be a young Han Solo. Really? Even though visually he doesn't fit. Yeah. There's like two other two or three actors that the internet wants to be a young Han Solo. Yep. Who look an awful lot like a very young Harrison Ford. Uh, Aaron Paul, who plays Aaron Paul. Jesse Pinkman. Yeah, Breaking Bad was... Breaking Bad's one of those shows that I geeked out on. Uh, as an adult, I think it's... It's one of the, a flawless TV show. Mm-hmm. Um, now, besides Tron, because you talked about Tron being one of your all-time favorites, is there something from your childhood that you would want to see them bring back and kind of expand this universe like they are with Star Wars and like they are with the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Is there something that mm. you, you would like besides Tron? <laughs> But Tron I 3 know. needs to happen. It does. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Well, I, kn- I knew that would be your go-to pick. <laughs> is, there, is there anything else? Um, I would really like them to, um, to expand on the Green Lantern universe personally. Yeah. Yeah. I know in t- either 2017 or 2018, they are planning a Green Lantern 
um, uh, like a Green Lantern Corps type movie. Um, but anything specific? Oh, I mean, you ask the tough questions, <laughs> man. Um, well, I, it, I keep what, my mind's blanking. Other than while Green you're thinking about it, is there? Let, let's 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 do this. Marvel Marvel has pretty much staked their claim, and we see DC mm-hmm. is about to hit hit the screens with Superman oh. versus uh, Batman. Uh-oh, I can... If you guys could see <laughs> Troy's face, it looks like oh. somebody who just ate something he doesn't like. So but that, that'll be a good topic. Well, for one, it's the worst movie title of all time. Yeah. Batman v. Superman. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, it's... <laughs> If they just called it the Dawn of Justice, yeah. then I think we'd be like, ooh, what's this movie about? That's a powerful title. And then they see Batman fighting Superman, and they're like, oh my god, this is going to be the beginning of the Justice League. But Batman v. Superman, oh, it's like, I don't know, it's like the internet made, like the worst parts of the internet made that movie title. Wow, yeah. And I understand that the movie really isn't um like done yet it's not done done but the trailers it's like unfinished cgi it's like they're they're really not telling you well they're they're telling you a little bit about why batman wants to take out superman and I've been trying to do some armchair research about how the rivalry between the two came about. Yep. And I really can't find much about it. Right. So it's like, I, how, why, it looks, oh, it, it kind of, I don't really know how to put into words yeah. how much I'm not looking forward to this movie. Right. It's like, Batman looks like, He's trying to be Iron Man. Right. Superman, they're trying to do like the religious figure about it, which I can kind of understand. He's a god trying to live amongst men. Yeah. Um, but if they're going to do like a mashup like that, I would love to see a live action Goku versus Superman. Yeah. Because the internet keeps going back to that battle. Right. But I'm, I'm not looking for, I'll go see it just because I'm fanboy enough. And just so I to write, I can write a review about it, but I'm really not looking forward to it. On uh, now, from my perspective, you know, Batman and Superman from an early age were what pulled me into geekdom. So, you know, and I can, it's just like I look back past the episode, uh, early <laughs> episodes of Star Wars. I think when I look at what Zack Snyder has done with previous films, and not all of them have been great. In fact. A lot of people would say some of them have been really bad. But there, if there's one thing that I can give Zack Snyder, and he's the director of movies like the reboot of Dawn of the Dead, of 300, Watchmen, um, Sucker Punch, Man of Steel. Uh, he, he, he's going to be responsible for Suicide Squad coming up, Wonder Woman, and Justice League Part 1 and 2, and Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. When I look at his previous movies, they are gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, storytelling isn't all the great, all, all that great in some of them, but 
when I like Sucker Punch, a lot of people didn't like. I like Sucker Punch. Dude, I really like that movie. When I saw it in theaters, I was like, this is so beautiful. Watchmen for me, I read the graphic novel way before I ever saw the movie. And for me, he, he, nailed, he nailed that movie. Mm-hmm. It looks like a great movie. Um, a lot of people didn't like it. I did. Same with uh, Dawn, of, Dawn of the Dead and 300. I, like for me, I can, look in, I can look past a lot of the mistakes. But you're right. There is a lot of issues with it. Um, but I think a lot of people, if it looks as good as some of the other movies, I think it will spark DC into mm-hmm. matching up with Marvel. Because there is a lot of DC fans, and they've waited a long time. And you look at what DC's doing now with Flash and with Supergirl. They are putting out quality stuff. Um, a lot of people wish it would kind of be tied into those movies, mm-hmm. kind of like what uh, Marvel's doing. But uh, Suicide Squad, have you seen clips of... The trailer looks it looks interesting. Yeah. Um, I can understand why some people have reservations about it. Mm-hmm. Um like a lot of people are very concerned about uh, the type of backstory that they're going to give Harley Quinn. Yeah, and I can understand that Harley Quinn is a very deep, very complex character. Yep. Um, I'm more interested in seeing how uh, Will Smith pulls off Deadshot. Yeah, because Deadshot is a uh, he's a char- he's an integral character in a lot of the DC um, universe. So it's it's going to be interesting to see exactly what they do with it, and if they do do a really good job with uh, Suicide Squad, then I can see a lot of those characters having their own solo movies. Yeah. Um, more specifically, uh, Harley Quinn. A lot of people are calling for a solo movie of hers. Yeah. Saying that they're calling for Wonder Woman. Yeah. So if uh, if um, Batman v Superman does really good, then that's going to launch a Wonder Woman um, movie, which we really need. We definitely they've been, need. They've been trying to find someone to fill uh, Linda Carter's shoes for a really long time. Yeah. And the person who they have in like the one and a half seconds of screen time that we've seen so far be Wonder Woman. She looks the part. Yeah, she does. And uh, so as long as they um, have Green Lantern in the Justice League, in the Justice League movies, I'll be happy. Yeah. Especially if it's um, if it's going to be Jon Stewart or um, Kyle Rayner. I'm not a huge Guy Gardner fan. Mm. My Green Lantern's uh, Kyle Rayner because yeah. I'm an artistic person. He's an artistic person. And um, I think... I could pull off a really good Kyle Rayner if I lose some weight and get into shape. <laughs> Are you into cosplay? I am. Yeah. Have you have you cosplayed at uh, any local comic cons? I have. Um, I've cosplayed um, as the Tenth Doctor from Doctor Who. Ah. Are um, you a Whovian? I am. Nice. Um, I've I have a really good um, Starfleet uniform uh-huh. um, from like the twenty three seventies era, like First Contact style. Um, I'm trying to put together a steampunk um, type of outfit that I'm not going to mention on here because I kind of want it to be a surprise. Yeah. Um, but I am trying to uh, do a steampunk peacekeeper from Farscape. Yep. Uh, my wife's been helping me with that. Uh, she's really big into uh, the steampunk scene. Um, I'm tr- I've tried to do a Battlestar Galactica cosplay, but I failed miserably at it. Yeah. <laughs> But, uh, but I do love cosplay. Um, I have a lot of friends who do like professional level cosplay, um, and it's just fun dressing up and pretending that you're someone else for a yeah. while. Yeah, 
I, I definitely love to look at the pictures and am intrigued by how people can take and they can take their creative energy and make it into something that looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, your favorite cons, you know, this, I, this wasn't something that I expected to talk about, but I haven't been to a con yet. And I what? know, no, man, no, oh, dude, you are missing out. I know. I, uh, there's definitely some that I want to check out and I, I know Jim City Comic Con is one locally, and uh, it looks like we're going to be teaming up with the people at Horror Hound and probably covering some stuff for Horror Hound in March for Jim City Podcast. So uh, what have been some of your most memorable cons? Well, my most, most memorable cons were probably when I was a really, really tiny kid. Oh, you um, went for a long time, huh? Well, there was like a span of 20 years where I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, the very first convention I ever went to was called Starbase Indy in Indianapolis. It's a um, Star Trek-specific convention. Um, I My parents told me the, the story about uh, one year they went, and there was a group of Klingons there. And they let the Klingons take me away from them and walk me around the convention for maybe about a half hour, 45 minutes. Wow. I rarely remember this. Um, and then my parents bought me a triple. And yeah. so the Klingons were staying away from me then because they were really role playing the roles of, uh, of triples. They were like, what do you have behind your back, tiny human? So I like lunged out my Tribble, and they like jumped back and pulled out their disruptors, pretending that they were killing the Tribble and me in the process. Um, but recently, I've been going to quite a few conventions. Some of them I've, I'm going to promote um, the, my website and podcast. Some of them I just go as a convention goer. Um, the two comic book conventions that I've been going to regularly are um gem city comic-con um and this year i'm going to be on a panel at gem city comic-con about podcasting nice i'm going to be on there with um amanda gilliam from the podcast amanda gilliam presents and uh there's also going to be two other podcasters there who do like a like a little youtube series thing i can't remember their names um so that's exciting yeah man um if you're into steampunk um there is the um, Steampunk Empire Symposium, uh, which is in Cincinnati. Um, I go to that quite a bit. I have not missed a year yet. I think uh, this upcoming one is going to be its fifth year. So that's kind of exciting. Um, for comic books, uh, Jim City Comic Con is one, and um, Derby City Comic Con in uh, uh, Louisville, Kentucky is another one. Um, if you're into like a, like a little bit of everything, Marcon is a really is a really good one. It stands for Multiple Alternative Realities Convention. They have everything there from uh, xenobiology to uh, ZZ Top uh, fandom um, to like everything. Like one year we went, they even had a BDSM panel. <laughs> um, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of uh, conventions. Uh, one I really want to go to is PAX, yeah, because I'm really big into uh, video gaming. Yeah. Oh, um, in Indianapolis, uh, Gen Con. Yeah, Gen America's, Con's a big one. America's largest gaming convention. Uh, first year I went, they estimated that uh, 183,000 people were there. Wow. Now one of my one of the ways that I keep up on a lot of geek culture 
and the internet is vast. I get a lot of my information from podcasts. The Geek Show podcast from Salt Lake City, uh, which has been getting some love in USA Today. I've been listening to them probably since 2008, 2009. And they started being part of Salt Lake City Comic Con, which is now one of the biggest cons in the world. Mm-hmm. And to see the love that this community out there has for, for uh, that con... And to see it grow so much, do you like what would it take for uh, a con around this area to to grow that big? <laughs> um, well, I do know that um, the issues that Epic Con had in uh, 2013, um, I have read, have really put a blemish on Dayton, Ohio as far as the convention scene goes. Yeah. Um, I would say for conventions in this area, um, start out small and then grow bigger. Don't try to do too much too quickly. Yeah. Um, If my 100th episode celebration um, goes off without a hitch, then I'm looking forward for that to lay the foundations for me to start having my own convention. It's like I have like a five-year, ten-year plan type of thing. That's awesome. Um, but I would love to see Dayton have a convention. I mean, we have Jim City Comic Con, yeah, and that's it's it's growing every year that it happens. Yeah, but I think we need kind of like a like a geek specific type of convention here. I mean, Dayton has the convention center. Yep. So if someone's looking to hold a convention. Hold it at the convention center yeah. because there's hotels connected to it. Um, it's air conditioned. It's a really beautiful space. It is, and uh, that it's funny you mentioned EpicCon. I remember uh, keeping up with that when it was going on, and then the aftermath. There was a lot of people affected, yeah, and affected negatively by that. And I think figuring out a way to 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 do that to start out small and and become bigger i think that there is a lot of people in this community that love geek culture that would get behind it and i think that everybody should definitely go check out the gym city comic-con when it's around and um whenever you get ready for uh your con the thing you have going on at yellow cab we'll have you come back on and talk about it and um and if they need another podcast panelist i would be more than happy to <laughs> be part of that if uh if if they want um but i think that um oh but oh, video games is there any video games that you're looking for uh this upcoming holiday season um are you are you looking forward to battlefront i played the beta of battlefront yeah. um it seems like it's really cool yeah. uh it brings back a lot of the memories from the original battlefront on the ps2 um, so as long as they continue to have splash damage, yep. um, and if they, um, if they have a, a really good matchmaking, um, like where people, um, get, uh, wow, my mind's still on conventions. Um, if their matchmaking, um, matches people up with like a similar level of players, uh-huh. then it'd be really good. Yeah, yeah. But as far as video games go, um, I'm really looking forward to Mirror's Edge Catalyst. Yeah. I loved the original Mirror's Edge. It's a great game. Um, 
I'm really looking forward to the uh, open worldness of Catalyst if they do it right, which yeah. seems like that they are. Nice. Are you? Did you like? Are you into the Grand Theft Auto? Um, the last Grand Theft Auto I played was uh, GTA Four, nice. and I enjoyed playing all the um, all the uh, downloadable content for it. Um, I like a lot of the mods that everyone's doing for GTA Five, but I haven't played it yet. Yeah, yeah. GTA Five, uh, Grand Theft Auto. Ever since the, I think it was Grand Theft Auto Three that came out. Those games, whenever they come out, I love that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I love the open world. I love just that kind of stuff but Skyrim for me Skyrim Fallout all those kind of games I get so lost in them mm-hmm. and I just uh, like I'm uh, very thankful that Skyrim had a uh, quick travel feature yeah right <laughs> yeah yeah but, but my house my household is definitely waiting for Fallout as the game that we're we're excited to play um so we'll go ahead and wrap it up here um and Go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you on social media and your website again. Um, well, like I said, uh, UncommonGeek.com is the blog that started it all. Um, we're looking forward to expanding the website, uh, hopefully uh, starting next year. I just need to get off my lazy butt and actually do it. Yeah. Um, you can find us on Facebook by searching for Uncommon Geek. Um, Twitter, at the Uncommon Geek, and my personal Twitter, at BossMonkeyTroy. Because I'm the boss monkey, yeah, and monkeys are awesome. Um, you can find us on. Um, well, we also have a subreddit which I don't do anything with. Um, you can also find the definition of uncommon geek on uh, Urban Dictionary, which is kind of cool. That is cool. I put it up on there. I can't. I have to take credit for that. <laughs> um, but if you if you uh, type us into uh, Google, you'll find us on Tumblr. Uh, you'll find us on Instagram. You'll find us on LO.co if you remember hearing about that um, last year. Got in early on that. It's not always cracked up to be. Um, but yeah, just type in Uncommon Geek into uh, the Googles and uh, you'll be able to uh, plug us into all your things. Nice. And um, you guys, please go to gymcitypodcast.com for all the notes and everything that you need to know about this podcast. It will be there. You can also go to theizzyrock.com, but follow us on social media at Gym City Podcast at Gym City Podcast. You can follow me on social media at theizzyrock. Once again, we have been recording at Folio Design House, and I want to thank Mark and the guys down there for allowing us to use this space to record uh, two Sundays a month. And it's been pretty awesome to be able to have it as an excuse for me to have come down here and have cool conversations with people like Troy. And uh, if you guys want to do any podcaster a favor and go rate, review, and subscribe to their show on whatever site you use it. Um, but if you have any questions, you can e- email me at izzy at gymcitypodcast.com. If you want to be a guest on the show and you're in the local Dayton area and you have a podcast, uh, I like to, I'm not in competition with any, anybody because the way media is set up now, you listen to this on your own time. So if there's a podcaster out there and you're starting a podcast or you've had a podcast that I'm not aware of and you're like, how come he doesn't contact me and have me on the show? <laughs> because I'm probably not aware that you're doing a podcast. So if uh, we have podcasts coming up, uh, there's one called Bottom of the Bottle where they talk about one certain alcoholic drink that they enjoy or they talk about many beers that they enjoy. 
And it's a good one from the, the Dayton area as well that I would check. I would tell you guys to check out. Uh, also, Miami Valley Skeptics. Uh, they cover a wide, wide, wide range of topics on there, and it's a good one. As far as a book, I'm having the author of the book, Parental Bloodshed, J.J. Phillips. Uh, she, she was gracious enough to drop uh, this book off to me. It's a hardcover book. It is, so far, it's pretty intense. So if you guys like horror books, it's a, it's, it's pretty, a pretty good one. So check out Parental Bloodshed. I think you can pick it up at Clash or uh, just Google it. So thanks so much for being on, Troy. I appreciate it. Uh, thanks thank, for having me. Thanks for all the listeners out there. Go give us a like on Facebook. And, uh, yeah, let me know if you dig the podcast. All right. Well, here is a little segment that I do at the end of some of these episodes called Izzy's Homegrown, where now I will feature two artists from the Dayton, Ohio area, and I'll tell you all about them here. From my garden, brother. Homegrown. Thank you very much. Speaking of homegrown. Hello and welcome to this edition of Izzy's Homegrown featuring two artists from the southwestern Ohio area focusing in on the Dayton, Ohio music scene. In this edition of Izzy's Homegrown, I got two artists for you. The first one is a band that were indie darlings in the Dayton underground music scene. They're a band called Astrofang, and they were together for a few years until they split up, and every so often they'll put together a show and, and play a show, but if you want to go check them out, go to Astrofang, A-S-T-R-O-F-A-N-G, dot bandcamp.com and they have tons of music on there please go check them out they are described as a gross loud rock and roll band they're one of the beloved bands in the city of dayton uh the basis for this band christian rorig also plays in the band night beast and he's a killer bassist so here is the song from Astrofang, Super Rat, which you can go download for free on astrofang.bagcamp.com. It was released in 2010, so let's check that out. Astrofang with Super Rat. <laughs>
first one again, too. Now, the other band I have for Izzy's Homegrown is a band called Deuterus that I actually featured on a previous Izzy's Homegrown. One of my favorite tracks from them is from their album Shut Up Nerds, Dip Spit vs. Deuterus, and it's a song called She-Hawk Train Blues. And instead of me telling you about it, how about I let the band Deuterus tell you about it, and you go check out their website, or go check them out on Facebook, at Deuterus. Just search Deuterus, you'll find them. Nerdcore punk rock band from Dayton, Ohio. I'm sure you can go check their stuff out on bandcamp.com. So please go check out Deuterus. But here they are explaining the creation of She-Hawk Train Blues. And then I'll go right into the song. So thank you for checking out this week's Izzy's Homegrown. Here is the band Deuterus talking about the song and then the song. For It's weird for only having played... You know, not that many shows compared to a lot of bands and only playing in Dayton so far. Can we talk about the comic book show? Um, in the She-Hulk? Oh, oh dude. We played... Said, what memorable shows? Like, oh, we played good or we played bad. Yeah, I don't you even mind. talk about memorable. Here you go. I, I hope she hears this. I don't even mind if she finds out. We played a show at the Gem City Comic Con kickoff, and we had fun. We had a lot that of fun. Was a blast. We played with Red Hot Rebellion. They're good buddies of ours. They rock. We played with the Night Beast. They're good friends of ours. Uh, Bands. Both yeah. awesome bands, Way. and we had a blast. And Nick from the Night Beast and I had DJed a children's spring dance that night beforehand. So we're already like, okay, this is a weird night. We get to the show at WR Rights, and they told us the guest MC was a cosplayer who dresses as She Hulk. That's cool. Which she does. Yes, yeah. and she looked. Birds were like sweet. Yeah, and I'll, I was all for it. I'll be honest, she looked like She Hulk. Yeah, she was probably. Six one six two. No, high fives. Definitely. Oh, she was a little taller than that because she was taller than me. She had like the big old clawed up. You just say, hey, that makes her taller either way. Uh, but she was. At least he's not doing radio voice. She was. She was like ripped. (laughs) Say no dog all you want. (laughs) Not dog. Not dog. Not dog. God damn it. Uh, (laughs) But no, she was. She was ripped. She was painted all green. She looked like she. Her face was painted green. Let's be fair. Yeah, she got phoned in the face paint. You guys. You guys are being really hypercritical of a woman that dressed up as She Hulk that W R I. I'm just saying. She did. She did a good job. I mean, she tried her job as she goes to comic cons dressed as She Hulk. So she must be doing something right. Uh, what they told us, though, was that she would be the guest MC. What we didn't know is that guest MC meant literal master of ceremony. She rapped. It was, and it was awful. It, oh, God. Terrible. Horrible. Um, oh, dude. Rapping and we actually, we have a, and yeah, dropping yeah. gamma bombs out, out her and she, It was really like, yeah, that was like one of the lyrics. <laughs> ghetto awkward. trap beats and her doing the Nicki Minaj, like, rah, 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 like the raw voice. Yeah. And, and uh, opera, like, I'm trying to be like, sexy and innocent. You had like you have a bar full of like tattooed, metal bearded, and then people there just there for dinner. And then her her music starts coming on, and she just boom starts rapping, and that place gets dead. I literally, well, like, I, I, I we looked all go around. Like this. We're just stop. Like our mouths are open, and we just start looking at each other. Like what the fuck's fuck going, is going real? on? Are we at the right place? <laughs> is she Hulk rapping? She introduced us as the Duders. Yeah, yeah we are the Duders. Um, but yeah, she was. And the best part about She Hulk, we actually wrote a song about it uh which will be <laughs> on the split we're doing here, with dipspit soon she was drunk she was real she drunk, was drunk. <laughs> to the point that she did two songs we played she did two songs introduced red hot rebellion they played she went up to do songs five and six i think i left it and the sound guy 
very politely and cleverly kind of tried to find a way out of it because uh, it was that bad. And he was like, hey, we just redid our whole sound system. The CD player isn't working. It won't skip back to these tracks for some reason. Uh, we can do one of the first songs again. I think there's more people here. They might not have heard it, but uh, you know, basically trying to politely be like, please don't. And uh, <laughs> please, she sir, we don't want was so drunk she couldn't function enough to do it. And they actually had to, like, the bouncers had to kick her, her out, out and everything. They kicked her out? Uh, yeah. yeah, they yeah. kicked her out. You missed that. She what? tried to I hit on every single guy in the audience. It was oh, yeah. bad. And then we saw her the next day at the Comic-Con, like, signing autographs and posing for pictures. And she did not recognize anyone. Was she looking she rough? Was, well, plus she was out her, of it. Like, that, I didn't, I didn't I want her to, autograph. I didn't want her to recognize Of course me. you yeah, did more. It was pretty rough. Um, but, man, that's how great of a story is that? Like, our, like, third or fourth show. Yeah. We played with a rapping drunk She-Hulk. And we wrote a song about it. <laughs> and we got a song out of it. Wanna hear? Here you go. Guys with beards? Um, sometimes. Sometimes? What about bald heads? Most of the time. What if there are guys with beards and bald heads with just deep rivers of blue eyes that just say, I love you? I tend to marry them. <laughs> <laughs> now, what if they're just a genuinely good dude, too? Uh, I just friend them. Befriend them. Not befriend them. friend them. Not friend them. That sounds like a Facebook What about thing. be friendly with them? 
Not too friendly. Not too friendly? Huh. Well, the Izzy Rock meets those requirements. He's bearded. He's bald. He's got those deep rivers of bluey, bluey eyes. You mean he's got triple Bs? Yes, triple Bs. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a couple podcasts that he does. I knew that. Yeah, Tales from the Hard Side. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On the block with his bestest friend ever, Scott Epic. Mm-hmm. And then he also produces the Gem City Podcast, which is a local like artsy-fartsy type podcast in the Dayton, Ohio area. So, well, who knew? I know. I, I, basically, what I'm trying to say here is he's a good guy. You should go listen to him. Give him, a, give him a shout out. And if you like his stuff, you know what? Subscribe to him on iTunes. Also, you can leave him a comment, rate, review, and subscribe, people. We'd appreciate it. And so would he. Yes, yes, he would. Oh, he's a, he's a dad, too. So the Bad Parenting Podcast loves the fact that he's a dad. So that helps out. Dads also, are great. Dads are great. Two cool sons. See, good dude. Reason good kids. We need more people like him. I agree. So yes, yes. Listen, listen to Izzy's shit. It's, it's awesome. Agree again. All right. Well, until next time. Bye. Bye. Do you have too many friends? Does your community respect you a little too much? Are you tired of your family loving you? Is the corporate ladder too easy to climb? We have a solution for you. No, no hope, hope for, for humanity. Listen today and share it with your friends, enemies, neighbors, family, and coworkers. Watch as everyone in your life loses their hope for humanity. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll receive new and exciting episodes every week. And then get drunk, motherfuckers. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.